Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here for the next hour, taking you until 8 p.m. Eastern. That's what we do each weekday. And, of course, if you can't listen live, don't worry. You can always check it out on demand anytime you want. Usually the live show goes up pretty quickly right after we end. So you can check it out at night, early in the morning, whenever, at your convenience. Make sure you give it a listen. And you can always rate it. Search your podcast. Look for Scout Fantasy Sports, and you'll find it. Become a subscriber, and we'll have you covered. You can check out all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. Have the Week 15 Stock Watch up. Looking at players who are on the rise and who is falling, obviously the trade deadline should have passed by now as we are into the semifinals of the fantasy football playoffs for most leagues. So just players rising and falling on the rankings. So you can check that out. We have the week five, 15 projections up. Yeah, week five, that was a long time ago. Dr. Erdo has his waiver wire Wednesday as well as his podcast. And we answer your questions on the message boards and forums. Anytime you want, all times of the day, we will get back to you with an answer as soon as possible. Myself, Dr. Otto, and Sean Childs. So make sure you become a member today. Of course, we also have you covered. ScoutDFS.com, NHL. Someone used the write-up last night and won $25,000 on DraftKings. So I'm probably going to have to start looking at that NHL stuff because I really don't play NHL DFS just because, you know, right now, obviously, so ingrained in NFL and worrying about the playoffs and answering questions and DFS and, of course, NBA DFS, but uh, NHL DFS content, very good. So check that out, as well as the NFL DFS. Uh, last week, Optimizer gave you Christian McCaffrey and gave you a couple good ones. Travis Kelsey, I think, was in there. So it was uh, some really good content. Uh, it, it was five days ago now or four, so I forget, but it was I remember the optimal, uh, optimal lineup was very good. And, of course, you could always play around with it, put in your core, hit optimize, and see what it gives you. But it's definitely a useful tool. you got the stacks tools as well. So plenty of ways to win money there. And NBA DFS, which uh, busy night tonight, 11 games on the slate, and a ton of value opening up out there uh, with a lot of injuries. And it's important, especially if you play – on a site like DraftKings with the late swap to pay attention because more news could hit and, you know, you have to uh, make sure that you uh, mess around with it. I'm already seeing some things here for tonight. Larry Nance was listed as the starter. Now apparently Channing Fry is listing as a starter ahead of Larry Nance. So uh, I know a lot of people used Larry Nance in DFS tonight. I did not like him, like the matchup. He's a good price. But uh, that, that's always what I'm worried about is his minutes because they mess around with him too much. Uh, I do have him in a season-long league, so obviously I have him in there. But uh, I see he's uh, quickly looking in, in, in cash games over 50% on tonight. So, you know, even coming off the bench means you can produce. But, uh, you know, there's always all these things that you have to take into account. And, again, 11-game slate. So busy night tonight. 
And uh, I would definitely recommend check out the NBA DFS side. You can get a seven-day free trial. Try it out for yourself, win some money, and you will see. Of course, VegasWhispers.com as well for your sports betting needs. And I saw in New Jersey in the month of November, $390 million was bet. So you'll start to see other states adopt it soon because it's a moneymaker. So uh, last night, the plays for hockey were 3-2. and two. Uh, I know the one that I did won. I took uh, the money line on Vancouver, and they came from behind, and uh, they won three to two. So, fourteen and eight the last twenty-two plays overall, and for college football the last seven weeks, thirty-three and twelve. Uh, that's a seventy-two percent winning percentage. So again, if you just kind of play all the plays in the long run, you will uh, make it up. So uh, check it out. You can follow them on Twitter at Vegas Whispers, VegasWhispers.com. And then once you sign up, you'll get the private Twitter feed where you get the alerts to uh, your phone or whatever you want to set up uh, for all that breaking news. We'll have Sean Childs from ScoutFantasySports.com. He will join me in the final two segments as we look ahead to Week 15. But uh, let's kick it off with some of the top stories and the news going on in the NFL right now. A lot going on for tomorrow's big game, the Chiefs and the Chargers. One of the better games we have seen in a while. Obviously, the Chargers coming to this game at 10-3. and three. Second most wins in the AFC, but obviously, since they're second in the division, they are currently the five seed. While the Chiefs look to put some distance between them and the Chargers and try and go ahead and take a two-game lead. But a lot of injuries concerning this game. Spencer Ware is listed as doubtful. Remember, he's dealing with a shoulder and a hamstring injury. And he was able to finish the game last week, but with the short week, it's looking like he will not play now. That's a big loss. A lot of people picked up Spencer Ware over the last couple of weeks when the Kareem Hunt news hit. You thought you had a potential league winner. He was not great the first game against Oakland, but did score a touchdown, and he looked a lot better last week. He had 129 total yards, even though he did not find the end zone. It was Damian Williams who took them. So that's going to open things up now, making Damian Williams an interesting play. Probably in the RB2 range, as we've seen, they're going to split. So it'll be a combination of Damian Williams, Dara Williams, and my guess is Charkandrick West will be active. So Damian Williams would be the guy, especially if you're desperate and you know, you've been relying on a Spencer Ware and you've had a lot of injuries. Uh, Damian Williams would probably be the way to go. Again, I think he's more of an RB2 this week, but it should be a high-scoring game. And you have to think when they get near the goal line, they've shown the penchant to go to him. So I think he's the guy that you're probably looking at this week in the Chiefs' backfield to get the majority of the touches. No surprise here. Austin Eckler has been ruled out for Week 15. He was dealing with a stinger in his neck, and then he was in concussion protocol. And any time that happens, you know on a short week on a Thursday night, not going to play. So hopefully you already made contingency plans if your waiver wire ran last night. You're able to get someone if it runs tonight. You know now Eckler will be out, and pretty much uh, this was a lock anyway. Uh, once once he took that hit on Sunday, uh, it was a helmet-to-helmet on an onside kick. I knew. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to have Eckler for my semifinals in a 14-team league. My team is hurting. I'm, like, praying to get some miracles and to get through this week because it's not looking good for me uh, losing Eckler there. Melvin Gordon, on the other hand, he is listed as questionable, and he has made the trip to Kansas City. So 
This is going to be interesting. I think there might actually be a real shot that he plays right now. It's going to be a game-time decision, but obviously the Chargers have to think long-term here. They cannot mess around and have Gordon get injured again. You know, I thought they pushed the envelope a little bit too much a few weeks ago against Arizona. I was surprised he played. And then he had a big first half, and the Chargers had a lead, and I was surprised that they let him go out there in the second half and, of all things, call a play for an end-around for Gordon, and that's when he got injured. So uh, we'll obviously know tomorrow around 7 p.m. Eastern, so you can make the decision at that point. You know, I think if Melvin Gordon is active and you have him, it's hard not to play him. It just really is. Obviously, that would dampen the hopes for Justin Jackson, who I actually had penciled in in a league, thinking that Gordon wouldn't play. Now, would he? He'd be an okay play uh, in case they limit Gordon, but you're taking a risk there. It just really would hurt a guy like Justin Jackson. So that's a, another decision that's going to have to be made tomorrow, right up until kickoff. Uh, Adam Schefter confirms that Tyreek Hill will play tomorrow against the Chargers. So. He's dealing with uh, mostly a heel injury, a wrist injury as well. But that was the indication. So I'm jogging at practice yesterday. Hill was not 100% last week, and he still produced. So uh, in week one against the Chargers, he had 169 yards, two touchdowns on seven catches. So you have Tyreek Hill, you're playing him. Even if he's not 100%, uh, there's no doubt about it. You saw it last week, the impact that he could have on a game. Also in this game, Sammy Watkins has been ruled out. Not a surprise here. He's been dealing with that foot injury, and I think there was a report that he could miss four to six weeks. So no reason to really hold him at this point uh, because you wouldn't play. If he somehow miraculously played next week, uh, I don't think you're going to play him. (laughs) So he's pretty much uh, done for the fantasy season. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin could play, but do not play him. He'll probably be limited. Uh, Might not know the playbook much, but, yeah, do not play him. Interesting news this morning regarding Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is not expected to play this week against the Rams as he is dealing with back spasms. Now, I think we can all read into this, and it's probably they're saying it's something that's been there, and you know, he was on the injury report, I think, earlier this year about it. But you know, this could be a case of, you know what, the guy hasn't been 100% all year. They're 6-7. and seven. Yes, they're mathematically alive for the playoffs. But as we see, it's going to be really hard. This team is so banged up. And this could just be the Eagles here using this as a reason to kind of sit him here, get him healthy, because uh, he might miss the rest of the season. So obviously, if they're not playing him this week, then they're pretty much giving up hope here because uh, they're in a tough spot on the road against the Rams. The Rams are coming off a brutal performance on the road in Chicago, I expect the Rams' offense to bounce back in a big way in feast, especially against that Eagles secondary. So Nick Foles is likely getting the start this week, and it's a downgrade for the whole offense. I understand Foles had that magical run last year, but we saw Foles earlier in the year, and he wasn't good. So uh, the Philly offense has really struggled in general, and they're in a bad spot here this week. So uh, make sure if you have Wentz that uh, you go out there and get someone else because uh, he is unlikely to play this week. And he's probably not going to help you next week either. Uh, It's a chance that he can sit. So bad news there for that Eagles offense. Odell Beckham was limited in practice today. Remember, he set out last week with that quad injury. And it was last second. We found out on Saturday he wasn't traveling with the team. So it it was interesting because Pat Shermer said that Beckham wasn't going to participate in practice today. But he did individual drills and 
reportedly was his normal self. So my guess is Beckham plays this week uh, as the Giants will be home to take on the Titans on Sunday. David Johnson did not practice today. He's dealing with a quad injury, but Coach Steve Wilkes said Johnson is expected to play this week against the Falcons. And we know what the weakness is for the Falcons. They have really struggled against pass-catching running backs. Now let's see if the Arizona Cardinals can take advantage because, you know, we got excited. We saw Byron Leftwich take over, and David Johnson was all of a sudden getting involved in the passing game again, and everyone got pumped up. Remember that game in Kansas City Week 10, seven catches for 85 yards? Well, the following games, one catch, 17 yards, two catches, 16 yards, one catch, three yards. Now last week, 10 targets, eight receptions for 12 yards. Uh, David Johnson has not scored since Week 10, but it is a good matchup. If you got this far with David Johnson, you're probably going to use him. The one thing that you can't count on is the volume. He's pretty much a good bet for 20-plus touches, and you know this is one of the better matchups he's had. Uh, compared to recent weeks. He did have a good matchup there against Green Bay, didn't come through. But I think you you can use David Johnson this week if you need to. Uh, also, uh, Isaiah Crowell still not practicing. He was uh, in a walking boot on uh, Tuesday. He's dealing with a toe injury. My guess is he doesn't play. And uh, then again, Crowell has kind of been on the injury report a couple times this season. It didn't look good, and he did play. Uh, but... No practice today, not a good sign. We'll see what happens in the next two days. Obviously, you know, we were looking at Elijah McGuire on the waiver wire, someone we can go to. Now, he did not practice yesterday. He was limited in practice today, so that's a good sign. Remember, there's two games on Saturday, and the Jets are one of them. So that's why it's going to be pretty important tomorrow here to see what happens with McGuire. Trenton Cannon also limited, so... The Jets haven't signed anyone that I've seen, so my guess is that McGuire will probably go. It's not an ideal matchup. Texans are really good against the run. Jets are going to be playing from behind four when McGuire is five to six receptions. And, again, it's more for desperation plays, uh, if anything. Uh, I think you're looking at, uh, you know, if you're real desperate, you've been hit hard with injuries, then you can look at him. But otherwise, uh, not loving it. Ben Roethlisberger didn't practice today. Uh, remember, he had the rib injury, but he did come back at the end of the game. So it's a huge game for the Steelers. I mean, they really need this win. They got the Patriots this week. Then they play the Saints. They're not a lock to win this division. So I'd expect Roethlisberger to play, and I think he's a, a QB one this week as well. Patriots defense just not once what they were. James Conner, he didn't practice today. Remember, earlier in the week, uh Mike Tomlin did not rule him out. My guess is he's probably not playing. Uh, it could be a high ankle sprain. They never really said it for sure. Uh, I would not count on Connor this week. I think it's another week where you're going to see Jalen Samuels, who uh, did not run well between the tackles last week, but was efficient in the passing game. So uh, definitely a benefit there in PPR formats. Julio Jones didn't practice today. He missed time last week as well with this foot injury. Then he went out there and played. So I don't think there's a concern here. Matt Breida returned to practice today. He was getting in a limited session. So that's really interesting because I think people were you know, rolling with Jeff Wilson here who uh, had a couple good games. And obviously if Breida comes back, then Jeff Wilson is someone that you cannot start. So uh, Breida could be back. They ruled him out earlier in the week last week, and he was practicing today. LaShawn McCoy did not practice today. He has a hamstring injury. 
I would be surprised if he plays. My guess is they just shut him down at this point. So Chris Ivory would be in the mix. But, again, he's desperate. He's a touchdown-dependent back. And they're going up against the Lions, who have been better against the run. And the point total in this game is 36. It's going to be ugly. There's a couple of ugly games this week where you're just not going to see a lot of offense or great DFS plays. So, again, not excited about Ivory as uh, Allen is the leading rusher for them at quarterback. Austin Hooper didn't practice today. This one was a little underreported. He's got a leg injury, so there's a chance he doesn't go this week. So if you have Austin Hooper, you better go get a backup right now. Joe Flacco is healthy, but they have named him the backup. Lamar Jackson will start. So Flacco is the backup. Lamar Jackson, good matchup this week as he led the Ravens to 3-1 in his four starts. Cortland Sutton was limited in practice today. Remember, he left last week's game briefly with a quad injury. Carryon Johnson still not practicing, so we're probably looking at Zach Center and LeGarrette Blunt this week against Buffalo with Theo Riddick handling the pass-catching duties. Bruce Ellington dealing with a hamstring injury didn't practice today. I know a lot of people in deeper leagues in PPR formats relying on him because he has a high floor but a low ceiling. Deshaun Jackson still not practicing, so that's good news for Chris Godwin, although the matchup is very tough. And Jordan Reed did not practice today. I'm surprised they haven't ruled him out yet. Do not count on him. It doesn't sound like he'll play. Lots more ahead as we get you set for week 15. When we return, I'll be joined by Sean Childs from ScoutFantasySports.com here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Get you set for week 15. Make sure you come to ScoutFantasySports.com for all your needs. Got the week 15 stock watch up now. Dr. Roto's waiver wire Wednesday in his podcast and the week 15 projections from Sean Childs. We also have you covered. ScoutDFS.com. So maybe if you are eliminated, make sure you make some money in DFS. Over the final few weeks and the postseason. And joining me now, it is Sean Childs from ScoutFantasySports.com. Sean, what's up? Um, It's three weeks till baseball, right? Yeah, I guess we can look at it like that, right? I mean, I've already kind of started to think about it, but usually once the last week of December is when I really kind of start looking it over. But obviously we have the winter meetings and things going on. But, yeah, I mean, January is uh, basically baseball prep month for me as well. Yeah, it's a long process, but we you know we still have uh, plenty of uh, teams alive in the postseason for the season-long contest. So hopefully, uh, you can drive the bus home for one something to happen. How have you been able to weather the storm? Because we've had all these injuries, last-minute scratches, and obviously with the waiver wire being closed in the high-stakes leagues, uh, I've seen some people forced to play players that uh, they don't want to play at all. Well, if they were forced to play Derrick Henry last week, that would have been a good problem to have, right? Yeah, there were a few people that had to. <laughs> yeah, I probably had him on teams that made the postseason at least eleven in the high, in one in one format, but I didn't have him in 
I, I had them in one lineup that, that didn't make the championship round because I didn't have anybody else. But, you know, some of those times, those force plays, you know, come in for you. But now the guys that get the big game out of them, now we'll be tempted to play him if he gets a eight and seven next week. Kind of gives back some points if they miss on somebody else on the other side. What do you make of Henry this week? Because he is going up against the Giants, and we've seen them be vulnerable against the run. But you can credit Henry all you want, but that was one of the most awful jobs of tackling on defense that I've seen with Jacksonville. So are you high on Henry this week? Does he keep it going? Yeah, they they just won't give him, you know, if they could give him 25 touches, I'd be excited about him. Maybe you could, uh, you know, get some action and get a touchdown. I, I think they, I think he's got a pretty good chance of scoring a touchdown this week. He's going to get 15 to 17 touches again, maybe get, you know, 60 to 80 yards and maybe a catch and, you know, more of the same. And, you know, he'd probably be, you know, a back-end flex guy and be serviceable this week. But, you know, maybe he hits on the second touchdown. But, uh, you know, it's tough if you missed on him to go chasing him because some some teams will have better options. The Connor teams or maybe even a Gordon team or even a Hunt team might not have, a, you know, somebody better. So, you know, you just take what they give you, and then you, you sometimes you just, you know, step into the right player that has a big run, and you, you're, able, you're able to capitalize. So, you know, more steady for me, for him. I think we're going to start to get a lot of questions regarding the Kansas City running backs because Spencer Ware – is considered doubtful for tomorrow night's game. So a lot of people are going to ask about Damian Williams, who did score a couple touchdowns last week. Uh, what are your thoughts on Damian Williams tomorrow night against the Chargers? Uh, he looks he looked good enough, and he does, you know, the Kansas City offense, you know, I think I was, you know, people on the message board, I'm sure you answered a bunch of them, and the, it's probably a good thing that when you answer questions, I don't overlook what you do, and you probably don't look what I say. So we – Sometimes we answer the same question about the same time and we come with, you know, maybe half the answer the same and half wrong. But, uh, you know, I, I, you know, Spencer Whale is a tough sit for me last week because, you know, the main thing is that, you know, Kansas City scored 56 touchdowns this year. So if they get in close, he might score. But, you know, we saw him do well enough where he was playable in PPR leagues. But, you know, Damian Williams hit on the two two plays. Well, you know, now Damian Williams is the guy. They score a ton of touchdowns. Um you have to play them and in the backup running back I mean Daryl Williams will be in the mix a little bit and I don't know about West is you know the excitement of him is from a couple of years ago so Williams will do enough and the offense is pretty good and we don't know where Hill stands but you know Hill's gonna be a gamer and play so uh, I think well you know if you got Damian Williams I think if you're fortunate you got a piece of a high scoring offense and you hopefully he scores a touchdown and gets you you know 15 other points but in yards, and you'll be pretty happy with that player. Melvin Gordon is a game-time decision. If you have him, do you just play him and don't think about it? If he's good enough to suit up, do you just play him? I think if you have him, I'm, I don't have him. So I have actually Justin Jackson in a couple of spots where I would love for him to get the shot, you know, with Kansas City giving up so many fantasy points to running backs just to have, you know, kind of a clean back and, you know, the charger side of the equation would be kind of interesting, you know, you know, maybe he gets pops a run or something, but I mean, if Gordon wants to play, but he wanted to play in that other game against Arizona, he got hurt. So which is more important for the Chargers trying to win this game where they end up being in a tie with um, the chiefs and hopefully play up the last two and maybe can edge out and, and, and get a bye or, you know, protecting their, you know, their star running back to have hopefully help them in the playoffs it's a tough decision. It's on a short week. I, I tend to think that 
they're just, you know, all NFL coaches lie, and they're just making it like he's going to play, and there'll be a late scratch, and Jackson will get his chance to shine. Talking to Sean Child, you can find him at scoutfantasysports.com. Also participates in a ton of high-stakes leagues. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles probably going to be without Carson Wentz. Came down this morning dealing with back spasms, and he's unlikely to play this week. How does that affect this Eagles offense going up against the Rams in Sunday Night Football? I might be more excited the way you know Wentz has you know, struggled to make plays in the red zone the last few weeks, and just uh, I, I don't know. He he looked good for probably till the Dallas game, you know, when he the first Dallas game, and then when he went to the Saints, he kind of lost his way and a few interceptions, and he just seems like he just hasn't been able to you know score touchdowns, and the offense has struggled, and surprisingly, because you thought Adams would add a little spark, so I think Foles has proved himself well enough where. You know, he's been, you know, will be helpful probably in a chaser game. And I, I wouldn't discount any of the Eagles players because of the change of quarterback. Wentz is a great player, um, but he obviously played a lot better last season. He had some nice games this year, but overall, um, he's had a couple of chances where he could have made some plays to win some games and he didn't get it done. And that's why Philadelphia is probably going to miss the playoffs. Now, how, when you're when you're doing your projections, how much do you take into account like a, a player's history against uh, a certain team? Because I see you got Phil Rivers ranked high, and I agree with you. But his numbers, uh, the last four games in Kansas City have been terrible: four touchdowns, six interceptions. So is that something you look at? Do you diminish it? Obviously, it's different this year compared to previous years. But how do you take that into account? It, it more is in a season to season thing, and what's going on. You know, where we have. 14 weeks of information, what Rivers has done. He's been, you know, pretty much had two touchdowns every week, except for last week. Um, um, surprisingly, that offense looked pretty bad last week against Cincinnati, which is really, really surprising. But, um, you know, I don't really, you know, look at it that way. But, I mean, a couple of years ago, didn't they play in that game early in the season? They played Kansas City and he threw it. Got a ton of ton of stuff because they got behind. So, game flow, game things. I mean, he, threw, he got 400 yards in the first matchup, three touchdowns. Kansas City's defense is probably a lot worse they've been in the past. Um, seemed like they're improving a little bit, you know, but they're going to chase. So uh, running back questions, I mean, it's got to slant towards Rivers throwing the ball, and he does have sneaky wide receivers that can make plays if he has to use them. I don't know why they uh, were ineffective last week and why they struggled after, you know, getting two long drives in the first quarter, just couldn't move the ball for in the second and third quarter, which is really surprising. But I think Rivers is a – professional quarterback and I think he'll uh, do good things. I don't know if he'll has enough to win the game, but uh, he'll be productive in this game. Lamar Jackson officially named the starting quarterback, even with Joe Flacco healthy. And, you know, he's been right around QB 12 most weeks. He still hasn't passed for 200 yards, but he had two passing touchdowns last week. He's had at least 71 yards rushing in each of his four starts. How much do you like him this week against Tampa Bay? You know, it, it's interesting because I, when I do the projections and go through the teams, you know, you look at who their matchups and the point spreads and maybe time of possession and the history and everything gets matched up together. So when, you know, I go through Baltimore and I look at their matchup, you know, I was like, ah, you know, you know, Tampa's been pretty bad. He gets a bump in things. He'll probably get a rushing touchdown, maybe a touchdown, touchdown and a half, maybe passing and whatever his other stuff naturally falls to. And then he came up pretty hot for, um, you know, the rankings this week where he's, you know, pretty highly rated. And then I looked at it and I was like, well, is this guy overrated? And I'm like, you know, 218 yards, one and a half touchdowns. 
and then he rushes for like 80 something, which seems high, but he raced for 70, 70 and a hundred with a touchdown. I was like, you know, it's probably not that far off, maybe over, you know, maybe up maybe two or three points, but he, he has a favorable matchup and, you know, Tampa's defense has been a little bit better, but you know, the things he brings to the table in this, this matchup, he's going to be a, a game plan for the Ravens. So um, he, in the early games, he's probably a single, you know, for, I would think. Kirk Cousins, his owners are very concerned after another dreadful performance last week uh, on Monday night in Seattle. But this week, home against the Dolphins, obviously the firing of the offensive coordinator. Is this a week where Cousins can bounce back in a big way? <laughs> I, I'm actually in the in before they fired the um, the offensive coordinator. I thought this was a really good game for Cook, and he looked really close to being explosive. Um, but it, it, they've hinted that. You know, this week they'll try to get the ball a little more to the running back. Cousins has good receivers. Um, you know, he has capability to get 300 yards and three touchdowns. And, you know, Miami, you know, will they play well on the road after a big, you know, win, you know, stealing a game against New England? I, I don't think so. I think Minnesota needs a, a big game on both sides of the ball badly. Uh, but, um, you know, Cousins is one of those guys, I think, in the daily game, he'll be under own because people don't trust him anymore. And he's just uh, been frustrating. He hasn't had any you know, really, really productive games in a, since probably the Saints game a few weeks ago. Um, but uh, it, it's just, it is what it is. You, you, you take a shot because of his receivers, not more on him. And, you know, he's got 200 yards back-to-back games on the road, and they really clunked it up in, in Seattle and New England. But uh, they should bounce back in some way. But I'm, I'm leaning towards, you know, Dalvin Cook, you know, having his best game of the year in this matchup. You know, we talk a lot about Lamar Jackson and what he brings to the table rushing-wise, but Josh Allen has three straight games of at least 99 yards, two over 100. Obviously deficient as a passer, just 50% of his passes completed against the Jets last week, and he has thrown an interception at least two in two straight games. Have you found yourself in any situation where you've started Josh Allen over the last couple weeks, and can you do it this week? Uh, it's, it's amazing to see how my, you know, how he's getting like 10 yards a cliff rushing the ball. It's like, what are these defenses doing? Like, how can he do this? He didn't really do it in college. Um, the interesting thing is that in his matchup this week, the Detroit has actually been pretty, pretty good against, um, quarterbacks as far as, you know, allowing, oh, they've allowed you know, nothing to, yeah, to, to rushers for quarterbacks, you know? So I was like, it was like a double take. Like, is it really? And they did play Cam one game, and they played um, Seattle. I mean, Wilson, 15, two carries, 15 yards. Um, Tabrisky didn't have that much. I don't know if he played in that game. It was three for 18, and Cam didn't, uh, you know, two for two. So, you know, so I think this is the game where people might think that it's favorable for him and maybe run a game, and I think he has a tougher tougher thing, and he might have to do in the air. So I think this game might be a little – he's definitely going to come back to earth at least running the ball. It has to at some point. These guys can't keep it to some pace, and somebody's, some defense is going to say, all right, we're going to make this guy have to beat us with his arm rather than his legs. And uh, so uh, I'm, I'm not a tra- – it, it, I think Buffalo will probably win, a, win this game because, you know, the Lions don't have enough offensively. But I, I expect a, a big drop in his rushing production in this game, which makes him a lot less valuable – and daily and, and unplayable probably in the season long. Aaron Rodgers goes into Chicago this week, and we saw how tough Chicago was against Jared Goff. I don't know how many Aaron Rodgers teams have made it this far, but I'm sure there's some, and especially in the uh, three-week championship. Uh, how difficult is it to play Aaron Rodgers this week? Because uh, he really hasn't had the year that we expected. He hasn't thrown for more than two touchdowns since week five. 
And even last week with the firing of McCarthy, I know they had the lead. They still only had 196 and two touchdowns. So is Rodgers someone that you, you're, you're really looking at trying to bench this week? Yeah, they've really turned. Uh, you know, Rodgers hasn't done great. And like you said, with the touchdown passes, but, you know, Jones has really kind of, you know, played a lot better and stealing. He's getting like one rushing touchdown a game in the last six or seven games. And Rodgers just, he just, maybe the, the secondary receivers and Jimmy Graham, they just, they just didn't get it done. I mean, you know, Cobb at least scored last week and showed a little bit of spark, but, you know, Rodgers 198, 233, and 196 passing the last three games. Really, really disappointing. Um, looked all right in Seattle. He threw for over 300 and a couple touchdowns, but it's, um, he need to, he would have, need to fall behind and be a chaser game, and you have to depend on the Bears, you know, kind of fading on defense. And the Bears have really stepped it up against quarterbacks in the last couple of games. Uh, they haven't allowed a over 10 points to a quarterback over 12 points to a quarterback in the last three games. So I, I, I wouldn't be too excited about Rogers. I think he is a, you know, long history and a great player, but uh, you know, him throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns every week is probably not going to happen this year. Is there any concern for you with Cam Newton? You know, we've known he's dealing with this shoulder injury and they've taken him out a couple of times to throw a Hail Mary. And I know the Saints defense is much improved, but last week he didn't have a touchdown the first time since week one, he didn't have a passing touchdown. That was against Dallas. He seems like he's not running as much lately either. Uh, would you be concerned because he set such a high floor and people have kind of gotten here with him? Or do you think, you know what, he's out there playing. I know there was a drop touchdown last week as well. Do you just continue to roll with him as they're, they're mathematically still alive uh, playing the Saints Monday night? Mathematically still alive. Are they lost five in a row? Yeah, they have. And they're still right. They're still in it. <laughs> <laughs> so is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh lost a ton of games in a row. They're still alive. But yeah, Cleveland's going to win. Cleveland's going to sneak the division. Pittsburgh I loses did, the rest of them. Well, I didn't look at that closely. Can, does Cleveland still have a shot? Would they need to win out? They can't tie Pittsburgh. I think they have a tie and a win. I don't think. I think that would be the tiebreaker if they tie. I don't know. I'm not sure if it was a three. Cleveland plays Baltimore. I think the last week. And then if they steal this win, they play Cincinnati. So they right. they should Denver, be Cincinnati in Denver, home to Cincy. And in Baltimore. So if they can steal this week's game, next week they should win. They think they could be live if Pittsburgh gets beat by the Patriots and the Saints. New Orleans last yeah. week, which could, is very possible. So if they could, you know, they need a must win with a favor. They'll have a favorable game in the last week, but they'll be on life support if they lose two more in a row, especially their fans. But, you know, but anyways, Cam, uh, Cam has uh, struggled. You know, Saints defense has played a lot better, you know, against the pass. And, you know, the excitement's gone. Like you said, he doesn't run it as much. McCaffrey's just getting a ton of touchdowns. He'll probably get a couple touchdowns and be steady this week. But, you know, he's not, you know, the impact player that we thought he was. And, you know, he hasn't been able to win games in a number of weeks. So, you know, 250 yards, a couple touchdowns, short rushing yards. It is what it is. He fall, probably falls in the top ten, but not good enough to win you a championship. Yeah, so I guess if the Browns do win out, they'd be 8-7-1, and one, and that would also give Baltimore another loss. Uh, would be interesting because, yeah, if the Steelers lose out, uh, they'd be 7-8-1. So I guess there is a legitimate shot that the, that the Browns can win the division at 8-7-1. and one. Tampa's going to upset the Ravens this week, you watch. This game, is that division is going to be wild the last couple weeks of the year. That would be insane, uh, and it would start, I guess, Saturday. If Cleveland gets that win, they'd be 6-7-1. Baltimore 7-7 seven seven if they lost in the Steelers. Yeah, Steelers, 
This, the loss to the Raiders was absolutely brutal for the Steelers, man. They needed that game. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, they, they had it. I mean, they, they, they should have replaced their kicker a long time ago. Yeah, instead they signed him to a four-year deal. And I and fantasy people knew that because he wasn't really sought after at all. Lots more ahead as we get you ready for week 15. I'm joined by Sean Child, ScoutFantasySports.com. Of course, you can go over and check the rankings on the site. More with Sean ahead right here at Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. This is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, you can check out the show weekdays live, 7 p.m. Eastern. Or check it out on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search Scout Fantasy Sports, and hit subscribe. You'll be alerted anytime a new episode is up. And ScoutFantasySports.com is your home. If you want to win your fantasy football championship and other sports as well, as Sean alluded to earlier, we'll be starting our fantasy baseball prep before you know it. And you can also join ScoutDFS.com to win money as well. And if you like to wager on sports or never have and would like to try, head on over to BetDSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV. Or get an edge with live betting at BetDSI where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways you can make money. Use the promo code FNTSY18 when signing up and get a 100% bonus deposit match. That's promo code FNTSY18 to get your 100% bonus deposit. I'm joined by Sean Childs from ScoutFantasySports.com, also one of the top high-stakes players around. And uh, looking at the running back landscape this week, uh, you know, you mentioned Dalvin Cook because I agree. I actually think he's looked good the last couple weeks, and obviously the run blocking has been a little bit of an issue. I think he's looked good. Uh, is he someone that you might play in DFS this week as well? That he could be low owned. I don't know if he'll be low owned. I, I, I mean, I think he's you know pretty much. I'm, I'm trying to play him on every lineup just because of. You know the explosiveness. He looks like he's showing, and if he get a few more carries, and especially if they, you know, change of offensive coordinator, might lead to him actually being at you know in the lineup at the uh, the one yard line instead of having uh, Latavius Murray in there. And you know if he can get some short carries and maybe get a couple touchdowns and show a little more explosive, and they lean on the run game. Miami has a little more risk against running backs. Uh, 
I, I think he just, you know, maybe hits on a long play and maybe he gets more than one touchdown. He, you know, he could have had two laps. He was wide open on that other pass, you know, the second to last drive, I think, you know, and he, he had tunnel vision to the tight end uh, Cousins. So he had an easy touchdown he threw underneath to uh, Cook. But uh, I think Cook's just clo- really close to breaking some plays. Yeah, I agree. I think he's looked really good. Uh, someone who has not looked good at all this year is Tevin Coleman. I mean, he's had three horrible games in a row. Uh, he's obviously kind of splitting touches. I think Edo Smith might have played one more snap than him last week, but it's a good matchup this week. The Cardinals have been getting shredded on the ground. They've allowed the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. They've allowed a touchdown, five touchdowns in the last three games. Even Detroit, who doesn't have a potent running game without Kerryon Johnson, had 115 yards rushing out of the backfield last week. You know, what do you do with Tevin Coleman, Edo Smith this week? Are they both good plays? Do you prefer Edo over him? What do you do with this Atlanta backfield? Um, I, I, have, I mean, I'm going to trust Coleman. He's been the lead guy. Like you said, he, he probably had his lowest amount of playing time since week five, but it is the favorable matchup, probably a better chance for play from the lead. You know, Arizona has been pretty good against, you know, wide receivers. And so you would think that Coleman maybe catches a couple passes, finally breaks a, a little bit of play, maybe gets 20, 30 yards, gets a few more carries. And, you know, he only needs like 18 points, but when you like at DraftKings, if you're looking at him, you know, 4,200. And when you look at the receivers down there, you know, it's kind of like, you know, more throwing darts where you think at least Coleman is the guy that you would think could get 15 to 17 touches with a reasonable chance of a touchdown, unless Edo Smith actually steals it, you know, and, and Atlanta could, could score two touchdowns on the ground, giving both of them a chance. So uh, he's a pretty good value, probably a decent play, you know, and maybe not have the impact of like a Derrick Henry last week, but, you know, we saw in a couple weeks ago that, or four weeks ago or whatever it was against Washington. I mean, he can be explosive. He gets in the open field and can score touchdowns, you know, and maybe he could have just, you know, a high 20s game and really, you know, help a fantasy team if you're willing to put him in your lineup. And that's what I think people face. Some people will have like a Justin Jackson or a Henry and Coleman hasn't done much and they'll get benched and Coleman might outshine them both this week. Uh, you just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's the right kind of matchup. A player I have always liked is Kenneth Dixon, and we've seen him come back the last two weeks and look pretty good. John Harbaugh said he could see more touches going forward, and this is a team that is going to run the football a lot. And with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, that benefits the running backs, but there's still Gus Edwards, there's Ty Montgomery. Should we be optimistic on Kenneth Dixon this week against Tampa Bay? I would. I, I just think the game flow will be a little bit different if they play from the lead, and, and you know Dixon doesn't. You know the quarterback won't throw enough passes to the running back position, so you know he doesn't have like upside of like seven catches and you know questionable value at the goal line if the quarterback or even Gus Edwards is in there. So I think you know he he did score the touchdown last week and against Kansas City, and they were were behind you know for a decent portion of the game. So you know I like what he brings to the table. Might be a little more excited if Flacco was you know the quarterback, but. Um, you know, I guess Flacco could see, see some playing time if it, they decide to rotate him in on some plays. But, uh, you know, it's – I think he in a PPR league and you had to play him, uh, maybe he'd be okay, maybe eight to ten points and, you know, maybe get lucky on a touchdown. But whereas, like, a daily, you know, I don't think he's, a you know, a great value, even though his salary will be pretty low. Joined by Sean Childs. You can check him out at com. If I told you – uh, would you play this running back? He's had 21, 17, and 20 carries the last three weeks and a good offense. You'd probably say, yeah, why not? He's getting the touches. But then when I tell you the name is Sony Michelle, you're like, oh, I don't know. Because 
James Devlin has vultured three touchdowns from him over the last two weeks. Look, the volume is there for Michelle. We know he doesn't do much in the passing game, but what do you do with Sony Michelle this week since he's let people down the last couple weeks? Yeah, I don't. I really don't like think think this is a great matchup for him. Anyways, I figure the Patriots are going to have to throw Pittsburgh's decent against running backs. Um, I think it, you know the split in playing time. I, th- I think this week is just one of those games that favors James White a little bit more. So Michelle. He's on the shelf till next week for me until they play Buffalo, and you know he'll probably get a ton of stuff against them next week. Uh, and but you know Michelle's a good player, but you know I, I mean I think last year last week I sat him down in a couple leagues, and I was fortunate that you know maybe like a wear or somebody else outscored him. So um, just uh, he's one of those guys that's talented, but you know he he needs the Patriots to uh, you know give him the ball in close. Like and I think I think they even stole another touchdown like four weeks ago against Tennessee. They gave it to the, to the fullback too. So, I mean, if he if he got all those touchdowns, it'd be great. But uh, you know, they're they're seeing something on defenses for them to take advantage of. At least against the Vikings two weeks ago, they got two of them. Or Belichick is just trying to piss off fantasy owners, like he usually does. So, wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. But <laughs> Sony Michelle owners definitely have been pissed off lately. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you credit. Uh, you liked Amari Cooper a lot before the year. It didn't look good. You must have been ecstatic when he got traded to Dallas. How much Amari Cooper do you have this year? He's been unbelievable, man. I'm a Cowboys fan, and just watching him has been so much fun. Yeah, it's one of those situations where you're like, oh, I can't believe I drafted this guy, and I took him over Thielen, over Diggs, over whoever else in the second round. You're kind of disappointed in Oakland. Then he gets traded, and you're like, all right, well, maybe he has some things. And he has – then he has the uh, the game in uh, Thanksgiving, and I just happened to be popped on when I was talking to you. I didn't even realize that, you know, he's now the 18th highest scoring wide receiver, and he gave away multiple weeks, you know, earlier in the year. So pretty exciting. And, you know, like you said, you know, I do have him on a, a $5,000 league that, you know, we're playing the last two weeks, a winner wins it. And, and the overall championship, there's two teams in one event that two teams are in the top end that have Cooper. And, and another smaller event, I think I have him on a one or two teams, and those teams are in the, you know, probably top 25. And, you know, I don't have Cooper on a ton of teams, but Cooper, it's it's weird because I have Cooper with Devontae Adams both times, like are all, both times in the high stakes and not in the 5,000, but in the other event too. So it's, it's, it's weird because I must have got in the middle, he slid, and I got him in the third round in the middle of the thing. But, you know, you, you, you try to evaluate the players on talent, Sometimes on their 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 team, but I thought he would bounce back. But uh, they were disappointed in Oakland. But he he is for real going forward. I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he has the most yards in the NFL since he came to Dallas, which I think was Week Nine. He has the most yards in the NFL, and I didn't look at his price this week in DFS. I think he was sixty six hundred on DK last week. I, I know the Colts have been pretty good defensively, but like you kind of got to just play this guy right now with the way he's performing. At least eight receptions in the last three games. And, yes, this is not a heavy passing offense, but he's getting most of the targets. They brought him in to be the number one, and that's the difference is we see these wide receivers change teams in the middle of the year. It doesn't work out. But how many guys are brought in to be the main guy? And he was, and I think that's why it's working. Yeah, he runs good routes, and he's actually, I think, at, he's, at FanDuel, he's, I think he's still 6,600. I think he's oh, 7,500 wow. 7, DraftKings. Makes him oh, a little harder when you got 50,000. Okay. 
I think so, but at FanDuel, he's still relatively cheap. So he's going to be like you can just see they have that million dollar contest for two hundred fifty bucks. He'll probably be the you know the circle guy that everybody will have at their second receiver or so, or and structure their team. You know, tough to get away from a hot guy like that. You know, kind of maybe even follow right. into you know that first year Beckham came into the league. He, he had that unbelievable run at the end of the year, and I think in one of those uh, FanDuel finals, he was playing Washington. He scored the three touchdowns, and he was owned sixty percent of the time. So. You know, once sometimes these receivers get hot and they really carry fantasy teams down the stretch. And I have him, and I I'd like to believe it, but you know, I'd be happy with a twenty point game this week and be pumping my fist because I think he plays Tampa next week. So, yes, he you does. Know, yeah. So, so that's a pretty exciting player to own. So, and and I mean, Dallas has looked a lot better offensively. No, they certainly have. I think they ran 93 plays last week, though, with the overtime. But, hey, that's what they do. They manage the clock, and they have these long drives, and it leads to more plays, certainly benefiting Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper. Uh, a player who has not been hot, I think people had were hoping, uh, bigger hopes for him. That's Cortland Sutton. I know he was a little banged up last week, but he was in there at the end. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton at the bigger game. Uh, looks like Denzel Ward could be out for Cleveland. Can we go back to Cortland Sutton this week, or is it just too risky because he just hasn't shown enough? I, I really kind of early in the year, I could tell going there. When, when Sutton had really kind of – he made a couple plays that you saw that weren't on the sheet, and they scored a, you know, a touchdown that could call back and a couple long plays. He looked decent. He looked like he could make plays. But, you know, the telling sign for him was that his catch rate wasn't there. So he might be able to hit on something like he did a couple weeks ago against Cincinnati, but I, he's really tough to trust for me. I mean, even for him to be a five for fifty guy with a, the quarterback play is 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 difficult. So I, I I really didn't. I had chances to put him in, but I played like you know Curtis Samuel over him. You know, easy was that was an easy play for me the last couple of weeks, and I can't remember something else. But I've had I've had Sutton on teams, and I, I kind of you know left him on the sidelines even when he was named the number one you know, or not named or expected to be the number one receiver for Denver. So, um, you know, he's he's probably a guy like week 17 Denver's out of it that he could be explosive. But, uh, you know, right of now, I, I think he's tough to trust. How about a guy like Chris Godwin? He had 10 targets last week in a good matchup. Well, a lot of people used him with no Deshaun Jackson. He only had one catch for 13 yards, and this week he goes up against Baltimore. He had 10 targets last week, but he had one catch, and one other catch a ball went through him. Everything else was really, really covered. He wasn't open. I'm telling you, he was. He, they covered him really well last week. So Godwin got the chances, but he saw single coverage, but he wasn't getting open. But I could see him being low-value owned and maybe surprising in this matchup because they're probably going to single him again. Yeah, and you got to think, look, it is Baltimore, but you know they're not going to be able to run the football on them. They're probably going to be playing from behind. And, you know, Evans is probably going to get a lot of attention. So uh, you're right about that. I mean, definitely no one – I don't think people going back to Godwin this week in DFS for sure. And in season long, uh, especially in the semifinals, I think people might have some trepidation as well. Yeah, I I mean, I I can't – I have better options. You know, I I played Game of Chance last week in one of those high-end teams that's probably in the top ten. I had Sony Michelle as an option. He only got five, and I had uh, another player that – you know, underperformed. So I lost three points, but I did, I feel as though I played the right player. It just didn't work out, but, but I just don't think this is the bounce back game for him, but you know, he could surprise and and probably be on the bench in a lot of teams. I think some people look at the Cowboys defense. They played very well. 
and they're probably concerned about Andrew Luck. And I heard the same thing last week against Houston, and I was like, don't be, because you know how people are. They look at the box score, and Luck was coming off the game against Jacksonville. I actually put money on the Colts' money line last week because I thought they were going to win. Uh, are you concerned about Andrew Luck going up against Dallas this week? Nah, it's the NFL. Everybody kind of moves the ball and go, can do things. And Luck is a guy that will just dink and dunk and make plays, and he could even run one in that he hasn't done this year. He just Luck is just a really good player. They'll spread around. He has a tight end. Hilton's really, really – you know, they Dallas's cornerbacks play pretty good against some, you know, the Beckham and stuff. But you know, Hilton's just a different kind of player because he's kind of like that really, really fast, small guy, and he and he and he cuts across and he can beat you deep, and he's just a just a whole different dynamic for for them. And and they've been getting the ball down deep. So I think Luck Luck will find a way to get you know two or three touchdowns. He'll get his yards, and it's not like Dallas has suddenly became the '86 Bears. They played really well. They played you know three straight games at home. They are playing on the road. Um, you know, they're, they're, I expect them to play well, but, you know, Indy will move the ball and luck is, you know, luck is having a great year at least as far as touchdowns. So luck, I'm playing luck. I'm not afraid of Dallas. If I, if I luck's my guy, I'm riding them this week. You said every team can move the ball in the NFL. Do you consider that to be true of the Washington Redskins right now? I mean, Johnson looked great in the fourth <laughs> quarter, didn't he, last week? Yeah, but they're going against Jacksonville <laughs> this week, though. And I know Jacksonville was embarrassed by Tennessee. That was a short week. Like, Can you play anyone on the Redskins? Because I don't see it. Maybe Vernon Davis? Nah, That's about it. And even then. Yeah, but, but you, can't even, you can't even play anybody in Washington, but you can't even play Jacksonville's defense because they seem like they let you down just as bad. You know, you expect them to be have a great defense, and they just find a way to give up plays. I mean, I don't know. A team just doesn't gel. But, I mean, Jacksonville's defense, Jacksonville defense should be a good play in Washington. I bet you, I bet you, Peterson just grinds out a decent game out of them, and it's pretty competitive. Not competitive as high scoring, but you know, it's like a fourteen seventeen game, and you know, Washington kind of hangs around for some strange reason. But it's not, it's the NFL, you know, and it's just uh, Jacksonville doesn't is going in the wrong direction for me. Uh, how about Kenny Galladay? I mean, he's been terrible the last two weeks. The Stafford's played terrible, and he's got Tre'Davious White this week. We saw Patrick Peterson last week. You know, Galladay is a talent, but what do you do with him? I sat him twice last week, and I, wow. you know, I had, yeah, I sat him, and probably Samuel was. I had Samuel on a few teams. I think I sat for him. I was like, he just, you know, Patrick Peterson or whatever, and this same thing, this matchup, and just the, the direction of the Lions' offense. I just figured it was, and he was a little nicked up too. So I, I, I would. He's the type of guy that like he probably will be a really really low percentage own and but I if if it's a season long I would be looking for more upside but if you just need a ten eleven point guy I'd still hang tough with him. Yeah, definitely a tough matchup and boy that Lions offense is so brutal. Stafford's been uh, terrible this year for fantasy. Sean Childs, you can find him scoutfantasysports.com. Sean, thanks a lot for the time and good luck in your high stakes leagues this weekend. All right, you have a great night. All right, that wraps it up here. But don't forget, you can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. The Week 15 stock watch is up. Waiver Wire Wednesday from Dr. Roto. And we are here to answer any questions you have on the message boards and forums. You'll get an answer from myself, Dr. Roto, and Sean Childs. And we got you covered in Scout DFS.